Hey, this week we talk about the huge redesign of the Spotify app that changes everything for music listeners as well as podcasters. We'll talk about new sales figures for the smartphone industry, very interesting ones, and we'll also take some interesting mailbag questions from our listeners. Welcome to the Friday Chillout. Hey there, taping this Friday chill out from one side of the world to the other again. Uh, I'm Tristan, your co-host and writer researcher for the Friday Checkout. And I'm still in Australia, less jet lagged, I'm happy to say, or less plane hungover, as someone put it to me in a sort of translation. Plane frame. hungover. Yeah, mm. good one. Uh, Martin, I've got to introduce you now. You've come out of nowhere, but good morning to you in Berlin. It's Friday evening for me. Good evening to you in Australia. Did you find any kangaroos yet? Did you hug any koalas? Uh, hugging koalas is strictly not allowed, except in some states, yeah, of I mean, course, you know. So not the oh, good there's states. There's always those states, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, how's things for you? How's, how's it going there? I see this snow. I'm not really missing out, basically. I, I wish I was on an Australian beach right now. Things are uh, going fine, though. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, I saw I, I saw a few beaches. They were okay. You, you might not like them. I don't know. Yeah, I doubt it. <laughs> All right, let's get going. Uh, Martin, normally I, I let you decide what we're going to talk about, but let's get into the thick of some interesting sales figures for the phone industry. Uh, so this comes yeah. out of CounterPoint. And there's a few facts we want to get into. Martin, I know you've read this as well. Uh, and it started with a list of the global top 10 best-selling smartphone unit sales. And it also so shows the share and monthly ranking. So it's actually a table... Um, uh, obviously, this is an, a podcast. I know you can't see this. It would be on the video version of this podcast. But um, uh, we'll also put a link to the uh, article uh, and the image in the show notes. So if you're an audio yes. listener, then you can click on that and you can see it. But uh, we'll also just walk you through the, the actual graph. Yeah. So we don't have to talk about everything, uh, but there's a few elements that are really interesting. And so the list shows the top 10 best-smelling smartphones, as I said. Uh, Apple. Did you just say the best-smelling smartphones, which I, I'm really into. <laughs> Did I? That's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, best-selling best is the is what I was going for, but yeah, okay. Um, uh, that new phone smell, huh? Um, okay, so yeah. the list shows Apple dominating um, again, uh, as it's done most years. I've reported on this before uh, when I was working at Android Authority or whatever. Uh, and so eight of the ten uh, top-selling phones were iPhones. Uh, ranging from the iPhone 14 Pro Max all the way to the iPhone 12 and to the iPhone SE 2022, which was Apple's bottom-ranked phone, but it was still in the yeah. top 10. Um, but I, I got a few elements. Do you just want me to talk, or do you want do you want to say your elements first, uh, or like the features that you pulled out of this graphic? Yeah, so maybe let's let's list it first. So like the first phone on the list is the iPhone 13. Uh, this is for the year 2022, so obviously the 13 series was uh, on sale for the entire uh, calendar year, whereas later models like the 14 uh, only came online in September, so it is makes it? sense that the 13 series is taking the top spots. Is it? Uh, but what's interesting is that the 13, the regular 13, takes 5% of global phone shipments, just as one model, which is insane. Like That is <laughs> such a high number. It's also double of what the next model is taking, which is still an iPhone 13 model, but it's the Pro Max. And that's kind of the other surprise that the number two and number three spots on this list go to the iPhone 13 Pro Max and the iPhone 14 Pro Max, which are the two most expensive phones on this list and, and like almost in the whole market. Uh, so it's really surprising that, that, the, that the super premium models, the really big models have done so well. 
Uh, I'm not surprised that the 14 Pro Max is doing better than the others because apparently uh, all the enthusiasts... Um, yes, I was going to say the same thing. Yep. Yeah, it's uh, whenever the new phones come out, uh, it's most of the techies that buy straight away and those tend to buy higher and bigger and stronger. Uh, so it makes sense that in the initial launch, you get a big boost for the Pro Max model. But the 13 Pro Max managed to carry that through the entire year of 2022 so that is super impressive it's also the first time that that ever happened um and it shows a clear trend towards i think phones in general growing in size but also uh you know more premium options selling better than before yeah that that pro max selling so well um uh seems to validate apple's sort of gambit of of running out the pro max and trying to extract more from customers you'd have to say that's working based on these numbers yeah yeah, um, we can see that uh, in the 14 series, uh, it makes sense that the Pro and the Pro Max models did did uh, particularly well. A, because as we said, it's early and these are the first three months of this mostly enthusiast, but also B, because um, they have the dynamic island. So there's a visual uh, difference between the phones and the, the, the regulars just look like last year's phones. So in in these years, the the kind of like, shining new models always tend to do better um but yeah what else what else are you interested in i mean we have the two samsung phones it's the galaxy a13 yeah we should talk about those android phones so on on the fourth spot and then the galaxy a3 on the 10th spot uh and there's no other manufacturer in this list i think xiaomi was in this list at some point but they had a rough year um and yeah these are samsung's two cheapest models on the global market i think they might have some like random local variants that are cheaper yeah, but these, these are, are like the number one and the number two cheapest phones that they make yeah these are just entry-level devices with samsung branding i guess i mean that's all i can think i i do think this list is slightly deceptive because as you said the the apple iphone 13 has five percent of the market and that's a huge advantage and the next step down is the 2.6 percent with the 13 pro max but once we start getting down to like the phones 7 8 9 10 the number is like 1.4%, 1.2%, 1.1%, 1.1%. So yeah. it must be really close um, in, in that battle. But uh, yeah. like all the way down to probably like the top, you know, the 25th best um, selling, not smelling, selling smartphone. Mm. Um, Still smelling those smartphones. Yeah. So the, the, mm. if you look at this graph, though, was, it, we also see the month by month change. Yeah. And the interesting one that I sort of saw there was that how far the iPhone 12, which actually ranks as the sixth um, highest selling phone, um, how far it falls once the iPhone 14 comes out. So it goes from like ranking in January, the fourth highest selling phone in July, the fifth, August, the seventh, and by October, it's the 25th highest selling smartphone. And it's kind of says that um, people don't really want to go back two generations. <laughs> yeah. It seems yeah, I think like... That's a good, that's a good yeah, point. That go like one generation is very popular and then the next one coming out only bumps it back by a little bit. Yep. But as soon as the second generation comes out, it's like straight, straight fall. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I don't. I didn't really pull too much more out of this other than um, the iPhone SE being such a good seller. Like it even rose through the ranks, even as the iPhone 14 came out. I guess people just keep seeing that as a value phone that you know a way to get on the iPhone platform. I I really don't. I don't see the appeal whatsoever. Not anymore. Uh, the first re-release of the iPhone SE was great and then the second one or the third one I guess we're at is yeah it didn't appeal to me I mean I think it's just you want a cheap iPhone 
you get this. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I guess Maybe a lot of people it. would just get a, a previous generation iPhone, but apparently they also want something new. So that's why Apple is doing it. And then, like one of the the interesting pieces of information, they said this is all this data is from Counterpoint. They're great. They're the <laughs> best. Uh, but one of the things that they wrote in the article is that um, generally, because of oversupply and like a really tough smartphone market, um, the phone manufacturers are planning to make their portfolios smaller in the future, um, and they already have. They say that uh, the number of active smartphone models in the global market has already fallen from over 4,200 in 2021 to around 3,600 in 2022. That is a huge that is a huge change, right? That is uh, more than 10%, more than 10% uh, decrease exactly. um, in, in the number of uh, phones, phone models that are available. I mean, 3,600 is still an insane number. <laughs> 3,600 versions of essentially the same thing. Um, <laughs> uh, but at the same time, brands will focus on their portfolio's premiumization, that's a great word, uh, to translate volumes into profitability. Meaning we're selling less phones, or we're selling fewer phones, and we're doing it more expensively. Uh, and this is, I think, what we are seeing in the iPhone Pro Max being so successful as well. This is... Uh, you know, the more expensive stuff sells better. So let's just focus on those. Uh, and very you can successful. see this with Samsung as well, with yeah, the foldables. I, no, I was just going to say, a very successful strategy of premiumization from Apple and Samsung. Uh, and it, yep. I mean, it paints the picture that Apple will release an Ultra at some point. Like, I don't know if that'll be the name, but they might as well keep going for this, right? Yeah, you can see it from Xiaomi as well. They're trying with their Leica partnership and pushing into flagships. I mean, their newer phones are like 1,200, 300 euros. So what is that if not premiumization? Yeah, gotcha. I, if anything, I, I really wonder what Samsung makes of this kind of report, like not seeing any of the S-series in there. I'm sure it's close. I'm sure there's a phone from Samsung, like a premium phone somewhere in there. But it uh, must be heartbreaking to see eight out of the 10 best-selling smartphones or iPhones. Or, yeah. or maybe they don't care anymore because it's like this every year. It's just seven last year or six last year that were iPhones um, versus the eight. It's going to be all 10 at, at one point. I don't know when, but next year. It's, I mean, we're really close, right? Yeah. It's not that far off. <laughs> uh, the the Galaxy A3 is barely in there. It has the same market share as yeah. the... I mean, the thing is, the question is whether Apple even just makes 10 iPhones. <laughs> right. <It> could, <laughs> Maybe easily. they don't have enough models to take yeah. up the entire list. <laughs> we have to have something in it. Okay, Martin, coming back. Uh, we I want to round off the Signal story that we talked about in some depth last week. Uh, if you listened or if you've, if you've forgotten, um, basically Signal warned that it will quit the UK if the forthcoming uh, UK online safety bill weakens end-to-end encryption. So... Uh, this is a bill that's been debated for a very long time. It's about online safety. Uh, that's the guise of it, but um, the end result is uh, on-device scanning, which would end end-to-end encryption. Um, we talked about it at length. The, the only reason I want to talk about it very briefly again is because WhatsApp sort of came out and said uh, something more, and it also said it wouldn't comply. It didn't ex- didn't say we will leave the UK, but it implied it. But the head of WhatsApp described the bill. This is where it gets inter- gets really interesting described the bill as the most concerning piece of legislation currently being discussed in the Western world. So, yeah, the, that's... That is very dramatic. Yeah, yeah. I feel like we were right to talk about it at some length last week. Bad. Um, uh, and basically, WhatsApp is saying it, it, it 
doesn't want to compromise the app for every single other person in the world. Uh, I think 98% of WhatsApp users um, are outside the UK. So uh, this is this is you know this is comparing this legislation to you know like some of the draconian things happening in other places of the world. The, the Western world is fairly extensive. So um, yeah, alarming. I don't know if the UK is taking it seriously. That's that's the real question. These these companies can say, hey, this is really bad. Yeah. We don't like it, but. The political will is always a bit strange. Yeah. Well, okay. I mean, we'll see. Yeah, I, that's all we have to say because we're, that's going to develop over time. Um, and now yeah. we get over to our other story of the day, Martin, which is uh, Spotify. So uh, this is going to be interesting because it held a stream on launch for the second time yeah. it hosted a big event uh, targeting creators. So it really wasn't trying to appeal to you or me as consumers, but you or me as creators, um, which and, we are, we're we're Spotify podcast creators. So uh, technically, this was aimed at us. <laughs> yeah. So I don't want to get too meta with it, but the, one of the funny things is, I honestly tried to watch the full show. We both agreed we should watch the full show, and I found it pretty unappealing. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, we creators know Spotify is not great. It has it's big enough to not really care. It's done a bunch of stuff that didn't really go all that well. Um, you know, we we know how much artists complain about Spotify. We've seen Spotify make a hash of podcasts by going all in on mega brands versus, you know, supporting small creators. Didn't really work out. And I just felt a bit uncomfortable about the whole thing. And, it's, and then this is where we get into some of what Spotify actually launched. Um, and I don't know if you want to touch on what it launched and what, what caught your eye or if you just want me to run through some of the bits and pieces that launched. Uh, I'll I'll give a qu- quick summary of what my takeaways sure. were, and sure, then sure. Uh, if I miss something, you can add. So, basically, the whole the way I saw it is that Spotify pitched the dream that they want to turn their um, app from a simple uh, music and um, and podcast and audiobook listening experience, which is like rather uh, transactional. You go there, shows you music, you listen to it, and that's the end. To wanting to become essentially a social network, um, the idea being that uh, you will want to have a relationship with the uh, musicians, the podcasters, and the audiobook creators, and everybody else who's putting content on the platform, and you want to have that relationship on the Spotify app itself, and that that relationship will take the form of going beyond just like the actual core medium that you're consuming, and then. Uh, you'll add things like essentially their versions of an Instagram story, their version of a TikTok video, their yep. version of a, a YouTube video live stream <laughs> for a, a, a feed, um, their version of a merch shelf. Uh, so like if you're a musician or whatever, you can sell your t-shirts. Um, they're pushing concerts uh, recommendations and everything much more. So essentially um, they've shown a vision for the future where uh, they say, okay, you, you have all these interactions, not on Instagram, not on uh, Twitter, not on somewhere else, but TikTok. straight in the Spotify. Not yeah, TikTok probably most likely. Um, but you're having it uh, right on Spotify on your main feed and all throughout the app. I think this is gonna make a ton of people really mad because because they don't yes. like it. Because yes. uh, I think you're 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 probably falling more into this category than than me. Um, but <laughs> if you just want to listen to music, this is gonna annoy you. Uh, Because you you will not have the choice to turn this off. 
I think this will be even more aggressive than like YouTube promoting shorts or anything like this. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. It's just going to be like you're literally your main feed and every time you go to an artist's page. Um, my answer to this is probably Spotify. My gut feeling is that Spotify is right in that consumers will, will want this in the same way that YouTube is right about shorts, even though I don't like it. People do, and it's the, the successful business strategy. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's the, that's how I'd explain the change. Plus, there's a big focus on uh, more monetization for creators. Um, and uh, discovery a, as well. Yeah. And, and discovery. And that, that I generally think is a great thing. So like, especially for podcasts, I mean, my God is discovery for podcasts, not a solved problem or, or eBooks, uh, or audiobooks in general. Like it's, uh, music is okay. I think, cause you just get it recommended in your feed. Videos are fine on YouTube and TikTok, but like, we really do not have any discovery system at all for spoken word. And yes. they're trying to do a lot of a lot of work on that. Yeah, and the other thing that didn't happen that that uh, Spotify didn't launch was sort of the geek stuff around uh, Spotify Hi-Fi, which was announced, you know, yeah. I think two years ago, more than two years ago, and it still hasn't launched. It was promised we'd get lossless CD quality audio. A lot of people really want that, obviously. Uh, and intriguingly, it hasn't launched. And we actually don't know why it hasn't launched. Like, it hasn't leaked. Spotify hasn't really talked about it. There hasn't been an explanation, uh, which I think is great. I think it's fun. Who knows what's going on? It doesn't make any sense, but that's where we're at. Um, I yeah. assume it's money related. And you, you look at uh, you look at the comment section of any of the stream on videos or any video from Spotify recently, Yes. Uh, the comment sections are about 90% people saying, okay, but what about a hi-fi audio? <laughs> this is just the only thing people ask them about. <laughs> like, I, we didn't want these videos. We want hi-fi audio. Can Can I just say as well, speaking of, I was looking at this, I was looking at Spotify on YouTube. Uh, Spotify right. has 1.5 million subscribers and the highlights from stream on 2023 has 646 views. I, I, I don't yeah. get, I don't, I just simply don't get does this tell you that Spotify has its own platform and therefore doesn't need to worry about YouTube where it has 1.5 no, million subscribers? Companies, companies just don't get views. I mean, like you look at Microsoft or Google uh -huh. or whatever, like they all have like zero views. Uh, weird. Ah. Uh, yeah. Okay. The... Bing and the biggest hype of Bing got like <laughs> 50,000 views on their video. Like whatever. But this is 600 views from 1.5 million subscribers. That's, that's, what, that's what they would get normally on a, on a normal announcement video as well. <laughs> okay, moving on. Then I... I, I want to go back to your point, which was the reactions uh, of people, which, you know, like this is incredibly obvious that people say, ew, don't mess with Spotify. I hate it, etc." cetera. Um, yeah. I already said that I was a little bit, uh, more the presentation that I didn't like. Um, I'm on the fence because it's rare that anyone likes anything. Like you get used to what you have, it changes, you don't like it, then you don't really even notice. And you see a screenshot of the old design and you think, geez, how did I ever use that garbage? So these things do progress and you sort of, you know, hate it, but it does work. But uh, the, the implications around video being a core part of the app, um, I think that's tricky a little, you know, I don't think I'm breaking new ground by telling you, Martin, that part of my problem is I want to open Spotify, listen to my music or podcasts, occasionally find new music by Discover or, you know, playlists or whatever. But, um, and I, I don't, I'll see band shirts on the platform. Like, I'll, I'll get some merch. Cool, that's fine. I, if there's just a little button there, no worries. But the idea that my the app is suddenly now this huge rich media ex experience that I it's kind of like, you know, 
destroying my phone every time I open it. And all I really want is to get to, I don't, I, I don't know how that'll go. And I, I think it is interesting. Um, but this also brings us to um, the expansion of video podcasts. So Spotify is saying they don't just want YouTube to host all the video podcasts or Nebula, by the way. Man. Small, small tip there for any anyone. That's, um, a, that's a big tip. Our uh, <laughs> let's let's pitch it. Let's pitch it hard since we're here. <laughs> you can see our beautiful faces if you're a Nebula subscriber, and only if you're a Nebula subscriber. So if you are, thank you. And if you're not, get subscriber. It's the only way this podcast is supported financially. So go get it. nebula.tv slash chill out. There nice. you go. That's like, my pitch. Like you've done this before. Very good. Um, no, but this is topical for us because, um, you know, at some point we may want to expand the video podcast to Spotify if there's some sort of uh, situation where that makes sense. Um, thank you, Nebula, for supporting us so far. But um, uh, so YouTube also announced a partnership with Patreon for subscribers to get access to paywalled audio and video content from Patreon with it to within Spotify. So you start to see how Spotify is the platform for everything. Um and expanding video podcast is is not a bad idea at all in my semi very slightly biased point of view because we could do it as well no i think i mean look uh, why would video podcasts be a bad thing they're not uh, of of course of course if End you of story <laughs> uh first, uh, first of all i think uh, some podcast players let you uh, toggle between video and audio anyway um even the ones that are not Spotify. So the concept of a video podcast exists. This is clearly something that people want. Uh, I I don't know if like Spotify is going to be the main platform for it, but why would it not also be on Spotify? The fact that you have auto-playing video podcasts in your main feed that you scroll on and it just like starts playing that, that's a questionable choice. <laughs> but but I have to say, the discovery for podcasts for podcasts is so terrible that I think just try anything, you know, <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah, right. just, just try to yeah. show me things. Maybe I'll like yeah. them. Uh, maybe video is the thing that will catch me and then like get me to listen to somebody who's, uh, who I haven't listened to before. Um, but the, the thing that does worry me a little bit is that Spotify is this huge behemoth and um, I listen to my po- most of my podcasts on Spotify mm-hmm. Um because it's my main music listening app. And uh, I think for our listeners from the public uh, side, uh, they're the largest platform uh, mm-hmm. as well. Not by a huge margin. I think Apple is about the same, but uh, Spotify is the largest. And I suppose for most creators, they're somewhere in the range of the, being the largest. So they're a huge player. And uh, they're the only ones uh, that don't have like a standard podcast file structure. They yes. don't have RSS feeds. In every other player, if you are a Nebula subscriber, for example, you can copy the RSS link from the Nebula site and drop it into like Pocket Cast or whatever, Apple Podcasts, whatever you want. And you can listen to the Nebula version, the one that is coming out earlier, a day earlier. You can listen to that in like Apple Podcasts if you want, because it's a standard file format. It's uh, it's all, uh, there's, there's no proprietary tech behind it. Uh, Spotify, completely proprietary and I think <laughs> as long as this is an audio thing, audio only thing, it's not that terrible because for me to upload a podcast is I go to a platform. We use Art19, but you could use uh, what used to be called Anchor, which is Spotify's uh, uh, the, the platform that they bought. Uh, but there's like a million of these platforms. You upload an audio file and it just like distributes it uh, everywhere. I wonder how, what it will look like with video 
because I think video requires enough custom workflows and everything that I'm not sure if uh, Spotify will just ingest uh, a standard video and it'll, if yeah. it will if you get all the benefits of auto playing and being able to add proper descriptions and like whatever else like tags you know there's a lot of stuff that comes with video that I'm not sure because Spotify will want to handle it in a specific way I'm I'm afraid that this might break the the connection between regular podcast ecosystems and Spotify even more um and that would make it quite awkward to upload to both if if my suspicion is true so yeah yeah i the way that spotify says we want you to be able to do this easier doesn't necessarily yeah. make it easier to do it outside of spotify yeah that that's what i'm afraid of that that you're creating a bigger and bigger worlds around this and like being inside that world garden will be more comfortable but like trying to traverse the wall will not be and if you're a billionaire uh, podcaster who just got signed by Spotify exclusively, exclusively for a ton of money, then that's probably great for you because you can now just do Spotify exclusive and it's like so nice and you have video and everything. Uh, but if you're not and you want to live on all platforms, then I think your life is going to get a little bit more difficult. Yeah, gotcha. Interesting. Uh, okay, we're going to stick with audio apps, but this brings us to the mailbag. Uh, Martin, where we, but mostly you, uh, because the people clamor for you, uh, they, you I clamor for you. <laughs> well, I don't have an answer for this first question. So let's see. But, um, so you mostly answer questions or thoughts from readers, um, in our mailbag. Thanks for sending in. Uh, we, we will continue to ask you for mailbag stuff across, uh, discord, Twitter, Mastodon, and anywhere else where you exist and where you follow Martin. Um, but someone writes in, Martin, when was the last time you thought of Clubhouse? Not in a long time. I think the last time I thought about Clubhouse was when I, I accidentally clicked on the Twitter Spaces button and I was annoyed by it, <laughs> which was a while ago. <laughs> okay. Do you still have it on your phone? Because I do. Clubhouse? No, I never yeah. had it. Oh, I you never, never had it? I never got a. But you never, never, you never got like, an invite or I don't know whatever. You never checked it out? Anytime I open I think it, 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 it's a it's a wasteland. It's like you know, yeah. I, like I have no what's going on. Yeah, I I think it was like iOS only at first, so that's why I didn't check it out. And then by the time it yep. came, I already didn't care. And um, I went to Twitter Spaces a couple of times. I like the idea of Twitter Spaces. Sure, like, I think it's a cool it's a cool concept or, or Clubhouse, for that matter. Uh, but then you go to the discovery feed. And it is literally only random crypto bros and like yep. like for yep. like, which is just these scammy nonsense, whatever. Not personal at all. Um, yep. I I went in a couple of Twitter spaces of like journalists that I follow uh, discussing yep. stuff. That was cool. I think completely I reasonable. Doing so. Yeah, I I did a Twitter space with a friend yeah. of mine. So did did we do one together? No, I never joined one. Okay. I'm yeah, just looking at Clubhouse I, now. It's incredible. The discovery is is the problem, and like I, I think it took off in India, which is one of its last yeah. homes. Yeah. Uh, and there's stuff on there, but like there's a million rooms that make no sense to me, um, and the, it just looks very lowly populated. Anyway, let's let's not dwell on Clubhouse. But if did you want to finish your Twitter Spaces thought before I rudely cut you off? <laughs> no, but uh, I I think it does go to show that if discover if if discovery is the the death of the audio, uh, the spoken word format, then I think Spotify is generally right to try to to try to push something. 
in this space because you if you and i think it's true like that that the death of the spoken word format is or the the, the real difficulty is that it's very difficult to reach more people and very difficult to uh, figure out what you should listen to and so i'm i'm interested to see if they can figure something out gotcha uh we'll come back to discovery in a minute because this is a clue for you for later but um you know spotify also launched green room which is it's um live platform and it was also very sparsely populated it did kind of work for a few podcasts i listened to because it was kind of like a way to host a live podcast and be like so you and i would be on it right now and then we'd be like okay let's let's bring in red fire come and tell us come and ask us something and you know the platform would open up to them and you could still moderate and whatever but it didn't yeah completely completely dead i would say yeah i know that uh michael fisher did green room stuff mr mobile i don't know if I don't know if he had a deal with them or if he uh, just decided that this is the one that he'd try, but... I, I hope he did. Get that, get that bank. Get that money. Get that money, yeah. Come on. Uh, okay. Uh, another mailbag question, Martin. What do you think of energy use and AI tools? Um, now, I'll, I'll just... I'll add a few bits and pieces here for you to consider because um, I did some quick work. And so training GPT-3 um, took an estimated 1.287 very specific, about 1.3 gigawatt hours of electricity, which um, is a big number. But to put it in context, that's what 120 US homes use in a year. So is that a lot? Really? Is it just the insane scale of energy kind of to blame here where we just have no concept of how much energy we're using? Well, that's so that's for training the model. And then how much do, you, do we know how much energy it takes to run the model, like run a query on it or uh it <laughs> only we only i only know based on the costs that uh open ai was saying which is like any query was costing them a few cents until they rolled out this yeah. api which cut it cut it by 10 times so um there's an ongoing energy cost i actually I, there was a number like it was using 360 nvidia gpus which is not a small amount but at the same time there's probably 50,000 people playing fortnite right now on 50,000 GPUs. So a scale is really hard. I I, yeah, I don't know. And it's a, like you don't, like you use an AI chatbot, at least the ones that we have now, you use it in like a short burst. So you need a lot of power for like five seconds, uh, but you don't sit on it for 17 hours like you do on a sport, uh, Fortnite stream from whatever. So yeah, I, I'm also... Uh, a little bit hesitant to be like outraged about it just yet. Um, I'm, I'm, my pitchfork is ready. I'm, I'm, I'm going to bring it out any moment now, but it's not out yet. Uh, plus, <laughs> we've seen that uh, GPT-3 to 3.5 was a 10x reduction in uh, power consumption. And clearly, these companies have to figure out how to make it even uh, more efficient if they want to make uh, various business models work. Because if if it costs a lot to run these things, then uh, you just can't cover the costs and offer, for example, a free service or like a, a service for five bucks a month. So, so I think gotcha. I don't know. I, we'll just wa- have to wait a little bit longer to be able to. I I'm laughing because I looked up the Fortnite live play account. I said fifty thousand or something. Guess how many players are online right now? Like I sorry to make a guess, but three million. Uh, oh. Uh, three three million sixty three thousand are playing right Just, now. So that's a lot of GPUs geez. that are active. Yeah, well done. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. The, the scale is really hard. Um, yeah. Not, it shouldn't be dismissed, but at the same time, um, it's clearly not, it's clearly just another thing happening rather than like the next worst thing that could possibly happen. Yeah. I, I also feel like that. Like crypto, crypto, on the other hand, you specifically want as much computing power as you can. As it's as is economically worth it, like you're just using, you're using as much of it as as you can. That's the goal. Uh, here, the uh, the goal is to use as little computing power as possible. So that's that's the right incentive structure for for a start. And um, yeah, yeah well I, I agree yeah. that it's it's just one of the many one of the many things that we do with our processors. So I'm not too freaked out about it just okay. yet. Okay, cool. So Martin, we end the podcast now with our trivia fact corner. Where I throw a number at you and we see where the conversation goes. Uh, and I already gave you a very slight clue, um, but I, I don't know if you I don't know if you read the news this morning, so you, you or my evening, your morning, but uh, the number is five million or even maybe over five million. Do you have any guesses as to what that is? Remembering my hint around it being maybe audio app related. No. Staring blankly. No, that's okay, don't worry. That is the number of classic music songs that will be coming with Apple's new standalone oh, yeah. classical music app, which is finally yeah. launching after many hints uh, in- encoded in um, iOS releases. Uh, it was also announced too late for the Friday checkout video. So, um, yeah, I saw it. I saw it in the morning. Yeah, uh, that is that is an app that I thought made no sense when I first heard it. Like, why would you need a separate app for classical music? And then as soon as I started hearing the details. That you have all these like very unique problems for playing yes, and yes, finding please, classical tell music. Us, it tell makes us, so much this sense. This is great. I'm not an expert, but like uh, so basically, you have um, classical music is typically you have the composer uh, and their the music that they've composed, and then you have like many many versions of that com- composition, and you 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 often have a very specific preference for one or another uh, or. Uh, this instrumentation or that instrumentation, but it's the same uh, uh, fundamental uh, music uh, underneath, and it's, it's it has to be classified completely differently, and also um, even just the naming of these things because you have these like very long this symphony that uh, I don't even know what I, <laughs> for, no no you're I, right you're right like I, I, played, I you know I was just gonna say I, I looked this up beforehand so I can help you but like yeah you're looking for a certain conductor or the orchestra or the year it was recorded because maybe like you you have this one in your head and you really want to hear it but you if you just search for Bach you're not going to find that because you know 300 years of Bach being played in all over the world a million times over recorded a million different ways like Spotify or nor Apple Music could just handle that they would just give you whatever the most popular one was and that would be it so uh, those music apps kind of fumbled with it and maybe Apple gets it right so the details are it's free if you subscribe to Apple Music, and then it's ad-free, and it's also coming to Android, uh, but it launches on iOS March 28. Um, but man, I did want to ask you, uh, <laughs> you have to answer this question without saying the word bundling or unbundling, but do you think, it's it, be can a challenge. Su- <laughs> do you think it can survive as, as a separate app, app because of these unique classical music challenges? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, they bought an app that was already a working standalone classical musical app, yep. uh, and they just uh, reworked that and turned it into their own thing. So I think it's definitely, it, it was already a service on its own. And after seeing the challenges, I think it makes sense. 
This is yeah. also like a very specific user base that wants this very specific thing. And then you, you have like, you do want to like learn about this musician. You want to have like contextual information about this piece that you're listening to. Like you're in a different mindset a lot of times, I think, if you listen to classical music, you want to approach it differently than, uh, you know, listening to Lizzo. Uh, so I don't know. I think it makes yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah. It's so cool I'll, just, I'll just cover off some of those details. Apple purchased uh, the classical, an Amsterdam-based classical streaming service called Prime Phonic. Um, yeah. uh, that was in 2021. And But I think the reason wasn't just because it was an app. Uh, interesting, it also paid artists based on... Um, uh, how long a user streamed the song versus like how many times a track was played, which I think is another classical music problem. Um, yeah. But the, the key thing was they also uh, worked on music metadata. So all this stuff you were just talking about, about trying to find, help people find the actual piece they want to listen to uh, in, yeah. in the style they want it, they want it uh, to, yep. to appear in um, is, is maybe what's the reason Apple bought this versus just like, well, we need a we need an audio app sort of thing. Yeah. Cool. Well, Martin, that's a wrap. Um, thanks for your it's thoughts. <laughs> you're always very calm, and I never quite know if you're going to be like, and one more thing, or are you just going to be like, yeah, I'm good with this. Um, <laughs> so you can check Martin out at TechAltar. Martin, your your Philips video uh, from a week or so ago is still going very well. It looks like one of your most popular ever, which I think it will be. Yeah. I, I wouldn't have predicted like it's a good video but I wouldn't necessarily but a lot of people know the brand right I have stopped trying to predict which video will do well and which one won't like I, <laughs> I don't I, I don't know anymore I just make videos and I hope for the best <laughs> yeah that makes sense um, okay and uh, by now the Friday checkout will be out on YouTube and you can catch Martin uh, on Twitter at Tecata. Uh me lurking as always on at Tristan Rayner so thanks to everyone for tuning in, especially if you're on Nebula, um, and we'll catch you next Friday. And if you're not on Nebula, do be on Nebula by going to nebula.tv slash chillout to support the show. All right. Thanks for listening and uh, watching, and I'll see you, we'll see you next Friday. <laughs> Bye. Ciao.